weekly fantasy football podcast episode two. Um, once again, this is a podcast about a fantasy football league and news specific to that league. So if you're not in this league, I'm not sure why you're here, but thanks. Uh, and uh, if you are in this league and you're listening, thanks for checking it out. Uh, I wasn't going to do another episode for probably another week or two until we had some results from the second round uh, of our playoffs for our fall 2022 season, the uh, conference championship. Um, and then we could have talked about like the uh, Super Bowl matchup being set. But uh, I was thinking about it, and I keep a record book of records going back to the first season of this league in 2007. And I don't think anybody else in the league really knows uh, what those records are or who holds them or what years they were set. Uh, so I thought it might be kind of neat for anybody that does listen to this, uh, if they choose to, to uh, go, just kind of go over like who holds what records and also what, like if any records were set this season or the records aren't just like who had the most points in a season. It's I have like top 10 or some, in some cases top 20 uh, performances. So I could talk about any anybody who like ranked on the top 10 to 20, whatever, um, for the 2022 uh, fall regular season. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to do that. And that's pretty much all we're going to do this episode. So it should be kind of quick, but, uh, I'm just going to dive straight into it. So, uh, the first record I keep here is the best record in the season. Um, and that record was set in 2010 by, by me. Uh, I went 16 and 0 and, uh, I won the Super Bowl that season too. So I went 19 and 0. Um, that kind of feels like a, like weird flex moment. Uh, that's not the intention. That just happens to be the first record that I have, uh, in my record books. Um, that was a, a I'm not going to like gush over my own records, but it was, that was a hard season. <laughs> like, I mean, I went 19 and 0, so it doesn't sound like it went, you know, too difficultly, but, uh, I mean, I, I had one week where the closest I came to losing, uh, I, I don't remember exactly like how this, I know the general like way it worked out, but not exact like the fine details. I know Brett Favre was playing for the New York Jets at the time, and I either had him, or I might have had the opposing defense. Uh, I can't I can't remember exactly, but Brett Favre threw in like garbage time. Like at the end of the game, he threw an interception that was returned for a touchdown, and I think you know what I think it was. I think I had the opposing defense. And my opponent had Brett Favre. So Brett Favre threw the interception. That was minus two. And I, like, I was going to lose this game. Um, and uh, Brett Favre threw an interception. And then the other team, whoever they were playing, returned it for a touchdown. And so I got, or my opponent got minus two to Brett Favre's points for throwing a pick. And then I got six points for the touchdown plus four points back then in the old scoring way defense scored much higher uh so i got four points for the interception so it was a it was really a 12 point swing and i was only supposed to lose by a couple uh so i ended up winning that game and maintaining the perfect season um so there was some luck involved and i mean it, this was back when the league was offline there was no app um so i mean i was doing so much work every week uh, collecting stats and uh, updating like injuries and letting people know if they had a player get hurt. So it was like I knew every single thing that happened in the NFL because I was I was covering everybody's teams. I had a binder with everybody's teams in it and like the the standings week by week. So I mean like if a player woke up in the morning before a game and had like a fucking pregame ritual of what they eat 
and they eat something different, I knew about it. So it's like if anything was going to be off for a player or a player was supposed to get hot or a player was going to be out and I thought the backup might have a good week, like whatever it was, I knew about it. So it was it was easy for me to, you know, not easy to manage a team, but I just had more information than I usually have nowadays because now it's on the app. It's so much easier. I don't look into these things so deeply. But anyway, that was uh, that's the best record in a season, 16-0. and um, Nobody... Ranked within the top 10, the top 10, I'm not going to go through all of these records and list off the top 10 or 20 that I've got, but the uh, for the best record in a season, I keep records of the top 10. Obviously, number one was 16-0. and 0. Number 10 is 14-3. and 3. In spring 2010, uh, Omid went 14-3. and 3. That one season, we played 17 games, and uh, he went 14-3. and 3. So, I mean, it's going to be tough for anybody to rank on the top 10 list, Um Unless they go four, I mean, we play sixteen game seasons, so you have to go fourteen and two, or fifteen and one, or sixteen and zero to even appear on this record. I mean, the last time somebody did appear on this record was two thousand twenty. It was Doug. Uh, he he finished fourteen and two, so he's ninth overall. Uh, moving on, most points in a season. Now this is in the old scoring system. For those of you in the league who m- may be listening to this, uh, for those of you who were around. Uh, through to, I think it was, was it 2017? I think 2017 or 18. It was 2018, I believe. 2018, the scoring system changed. Defense stopped being uh, prioritized so much. Defense used to score arguably higher than anybody on your team. And the justification for that was that you're drafting an entire team's defense. So you're really drafting 11 guys. So they should score, you know, comparatively or more than your, you know, superstars. That was at least that there. And I got, it's not like I made that up myself. I think back in like 2005 or six, there was either an NFL or ESPN.com or something like that. I went on and that was how they had their scoring set up. Um, so I just adopted that and that's where it came from. But then in 2018, um, I had joined a different fantasy league the year before, in addition to this one, and uh, the scoring was different in that, in a, in a way that I liked a lot. So we switched scoring, and I keep a separate log of records now for, uh, for like, point-based records that would be impacted by the scoring change. Um, so, like, anybody who holds a record from, a scoring record from, you know, 2007 to through to the, you know, summer 2018 uh, season, those records will never and can never be broken because they're not even being logged anymore because there's a new record book. Which, by the way, like, side note, uh, I, for those of you in the league who follow the NFL closely, like, the NFL uh, last season extended to a uh, 17-game regular season instead of 16 and now we're already seeing records get broken, maybe not with ease, because if it was with ease, I guess they would all get bo- broken by even like the worst players. But like, you know, for example, this year, Patrick Mahomes broke Drew Brees' passing record for most yards in a season, but he did it in the 17th game. I don't think that should count or it should be and there should be an asterisk next to it, next to it uh, or. There should be a separate log of records. That's what I do for our fantasy league, and th- this is not the NFL. I understand that, but there should just be a second uh, log of records for when they extended the season. And I know that the season used to be 14 games, and then it went to 16. And I think before that, even it was it was 12 games. So like those 12 and 14 game season records have all been you know long since be- uh, you know beaten and forgotten. But um, I don't think that make that I don't think that affects how it should it should have been handled that way. Back then, when they went from 12 to 14 and then 14 to 16, there should have been new records kept for, like, a new era of the NFL. 
And then same thing now when they go to 17 games and probably in, you know, 10 years when they go to 20 or whatever it is. Uh, the, the, these records should be broken up by that because if you, you know, set a record in 16 games and then somebody beats it, but then they, but they do it in the 17th game, so you gave them a whole extra game to do it. Like, it just, it doesn't matter as much to me. Like, it's impressive. Like, he threw for, you know, like 5,500 yards almost or, or I think over. And, and, like, that's impressive. But I don't think we should be saying that he beat Drew Brees because through 16 games, he did not. But I digress. Uh, most points in a season in the old scoring era. Um, this is a bad look for the start of this episode. It seems like I just did this to brag. I swear to God I didn't. I don't hold all the records, but I do hold this one as well. Uh, 2,483 points in spring 2014. Um, uh, yeah. I actually appear on that list quite a few times, too. So I'm just going to move on to the next one. <laughs> Most points in a season in the new era. So this is from 2018 on. Uh, that record is held by Doug, and it's with 2,797.5 points in 2018. Uh, obviously, it's drastically higher by over 300 points, 314.5 points, than the old scoring era. Um, the change that was made to the scoring, uh, for those of you who weren't in the league then, um, was that back then defense used to score very high. You got a lot of points for uh, based on yardage and points allowed. Um, you know, so obviously the fewer yards allowed, the fewer points allowed by your defense, the more points you would get. I think the starting, like the base for like no yards, like zero to 50 yards allowed and no points allowed was like 80 or something like that because you got 40 apiece for both of those. And then it would go down throughout the game. But um, sacks used to be worth two points. Uh, interceptions were worth... I think, I think actually they might have been worth five. No, interceptions were four, I think, and fumble recoveries were five. Defensive touchdowns, kick returns for touchdowns, or block kicks or safeties were worth six. Um, and I think that, I mean, I think that pretty much covers it. I think that's everything for, in terms of defense. But, uh, the change that was made is those went, those numbers went down, uh, Sacks, I think, are worth one now. Interceptions and fumbles are both worth three. Block kicks, uh, kicks return for touchdowns, defensive touchdowns, safeties are all still worth six because they happen either either a touchdown and should be worth six or they happen infrequently enough that you should be rewarded heavily for them. So we still have a, fair, a different like defensive scoring than most leagues have, but it's... Um, it's a, you know much more reserved than it used to be and but the reason that the point totals for uh, teams for the season went up so much is because though defense may not get you like we'll get to the most points in a game by a defense later and it's shocking but uh, while the defense scores you know like a good defense back in the day used to score like 30 40 points that was like a good week and an amazing week was like 50 or more uh, and a bad week was like less than 20. Now, if your defense is in double digits, it's pretty good. And if it's over 20, they had a great week. And they had a phenomenal week if they're over 30, which does happen, but the team's got to play really well. So <clears throat> the, uh, the other change that happened that, that made it so that teams were still scoring higher was that running backs now get a half point per carry. So just for running the ball, you know, like if you've got Derrick Henry and he runs the ball 20 times for 200 yards and a touchdown, right? You get For those 20 rushes, that's 10 points alone. And then it's one point for every 10 rushing yards. So it's 20 points. If he had 200 yards, that's 20 points. So now you're at 30 and then the touchdown is six. That's 36. So uh, whereas before 
you used to want your running back to get over the 10 point hump because that meant he had a like probably a 100 yard game or maybe he had a more modest game but he had a touchdown you wanted at least 10 points and if you could get him over like 15 to 20 then that was a good week but if they were under 10 it was it was bad now if they're under 20 it's you know like a detriment to your team and then uh we switched to ppr too so uh receivers or running backs also get one point per catch so instead of you know if you have mike evans and he gets five catches for 100 yards and a touchdown before that was 16 points now it's 21 because you get five points for you know for the five catches uh and that resulted in teams scoring more points per game and thus per season so just new records needed to be held otherwise all of like the lowest record for well we'll just yeah so we just said or i just said most points in a season in the new era is held by Doug, 2018, 2,797.5. The lowest record, the 20th recorded stat, is in 2020, Ryan scored 2,316 points. So that's only about 100 and, you know, roughly 170 less than the all-time record in the old scoring way. And so, like, that's why new record books just needed to be kept after that scoring change. Um. The last time, well, actually this year, a couple of different people did make an appearance on the most points in a season in the new era, uh, and that was myself uh, with the eighth highest all-time, and that was 2,549.5. Megan and JJ uh, recorded the 11th highest total all-time. I said all-time since, you know, since 2018, but we do two seasons a year, so that's, you know, that's still, still you know, nine, ten seasons. Uh, yeah, so Megan and Jay did, uh, did 2,485 this year. And then, um, my parents, Jeff and Patty, uh, came in 18th all time since, since 2018. You, you get it. All time when I, when I'm talking about new era is since, you know, since 2018 when the scoring change happened and, uh, they put up 2,324.5 points, uh, this, this past fall. Um, next record I keep is most points by a quarterback in a game. Uh, this one I can actually tell you exactly who and when, uh, not just the owner who holds the record, but who their quarterback was and the game they set it in because I remember it very well. Uh, it was TJ who um, had Peyton Manning in 2013, and it was 65 points in one game, and that was the Week One game. If for any of you like diehard NFL fans out there uh, that remember, it was that was the year the uh, it was the year after. Um, the uh, the um, Ravens 49ers Super Bowl that started the 2013 season and the Ravens kind of got fucked because the Orioles had a home game that night and they wouldn't reschedule it and f- because of that the Ravens couldn't have a whole home game so even though they just won the Super Bowl earlier in February and you know traditionally the NFL Super Bowl winner is supposed to open the season on Thursday night after Labor Day at home you know against whoever. But because of the Orioles game that the MLB refused to move uh, or, you know, reschedule or whatever, the Ravens couldn't play at home. So they played it in Denver, but it counted as a home game for the Ravens, which I still that's still fucking crazy. Like we, we have a situation coming up here with after the, um, you know, the incident with DeMar Hamlin uh, on uh, the um, the Bills uh, Bengals game where they canceled the game. There's a situation where there could be a neutral site for the AFC championship game. Uh, in a few weeks, if it's between the Bills and the Chiefs, um, and that game, if it if they're paired off in the AFC Championship game, it's going to be played in Atlanta because Buffalo 
wasn't given an opportunity to potentially win the first overall seed because they did have a tiebreaker against Kansas City uh, because they canceled the the Bills uh, Bengals game after postponing it after you know Demar Hamlin went into cardiac arrest on the field, um, which by the way like. I, I mean, everybody's talking about it, but I don't think anybody like some people don't understand like what a huge deal this is that, you know, what happened on the field that night. I'm not going to go too much into it because for those of you that do follow football, you've heard enough about it. You know, everything that happened. But I mean, like his heart stopped that we watched a man die on the field and fortunately was able to be resuscitated. But they had to give they had to restart his heart twice, once on the field. It might have been twice on the field, but I thought it was once on the field, and then once they they had to do it again in the ambulance or at the hospital. But I mean, we watched something truly like historically, like impactful and like unprecedented happen on live television. It was insane. But uh, and uh, for those of you that don't know, Demar Hamlin is doing much better. He's uh, been discharged and can continue his rehab at home. He's going to be around the team for their their matchup this week. He's not playing, obviously but he will be able to be around the team for the game uh, this weekend. Uh, and he's doing much better, and the doctors have been very pleased by his progress. So that's a, obviously a very good thing. But um, I don't – oh, yeah, that's right. I was talking about the – I don't I was talking about the Ravens-Broncos game from 2013. So anyway, that game was supposed to be played in Baltimore, ended up getting played in Denver uh, on Thursday night to kick off the 2013 season, and Peyton Manning came out and just – shit all over the Ravens I think that game was actually close at halftime if I remember correctly it ended up being like the the Broncos put up 49 points Peyton Manning threw seven touchdowns on his way to 65 fantasy points which is the highest of all time he broke uh by doing that uh TJ broke a record that had stood since the first season that this league ever happened uh ever existed which was uh 63 points in 2007 by Tom Brady uh, and if you're a football fan, then you'll remember 2007 was the year the Patriots went undefeated in the regular season. We're not going to talk about how that ended. And uh, Tom Brady threw 50 touchdowns. And I don't know which week uh, the 63 points was set, but uh, Brady had multiple, you know, five touchdown, 300 plus yard games. It, so it was definitely during one of those weeks. Um, no one has logged an entry uh, on this since spring 2021 you have neo got 59 points from tom brady in week 16 in a non-spring season the last time a entry was made onto this list was uh it was also you have neil in 2019 with aaron Rodgers, who scored 58 points uh and the next record i have this one i alluded to before is most points by a defense in one game and that record is uh held by kenny uh, who in 2012 had the Seahawks when they uh, notched 119 points. So that's how like crazy your defense could get. Uh, that was obviously like only five times ever did a team go over 100. But uh, yeah, the uh, the Seahawks did it in 2012. They shut out the Arizona Cardinals, and I think they might have held them only to like 50 or 60 yards or something like that. Like it was a it was a bad performance for the Cardinals. Uh, and it was 119 fantasy points. I mean, there were turnovers and touchdowns in there. There was, like, no yards gained, basically. It was a shutout, which was 40 points right there. I, you know, I'm sure the Seahawks had a bunch of sacks. If you remember, the 2012 Seahawks is one of the greatest defenses of all time. That was the Legion of Boom year. They went on uh, the next year to uh, really solidify that Legion of Boom, and uh, they ended up beating the Broncos in the, the Super Bowl uh, later that year from when Manning threw uh, seven touchdowns in a game. Uh, they beat them 43 to eight. I mean, it wasn't, it was no contest at all. I mean, the Broncos couldn't, 
move the ball at all. And I mean, it was 43 to eight and those eight points came like at the end of the game. So they were shut out for most of it. That game was played in New Jersey at uh, MetLife Stadium. And it was all hyped up because it was like a cold weather Super Bowl. There was talk that it might snow. It didn't, but they thought it might. And uh, yeah, I mean, the Broncos just came out. And the first play, uh, Manning wasn't ready for the snap. His center snapped it anyway, and it just went flying right past his face into the end zone where it was, uh, you know, the game started with a safety, which was actually uh, the third year in a row, I think, that started with a safety. Because in 2011, when the Patriots played the Giants the second time, Brady took an intentional grounding penalty in the end zone, which by rule is a safety. So that game started with a safety on the first uh, the first play. And then I don't remember what happened, but in 2012, when the 49ers and the Ravens played, I believe that game started with a safety as well. Um, and then obviously in 2012. Um, I mean, uh, 2013, sorry. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, yeah. Moving right along, most points in a game in the old scoring way was, uh, I hold this record as well, in 2014, I had 2,000, uh, no, 2,227 points in a game. That was the, uh, that's the all-time record. In the new era, since the scoring change in 2018, the highest points in a game is held by Doug, and that's 235 points in week three of 2020. Uh, Doug is on that list quite a few times, actually. One, two... Oh, I guess all, three three of the ten, but uh, still impressive. All of the top ten for the new era scoring in one game are all over 200 points. It goes from 212 to 235. Most points in a playoff game in the old scoring era is held by Megan. Now, this is uh, Megan and JJ now co-manage a team, but this was when Megan was the sole owner of her team. This was 2011 in the playoffs. She scored 183 points. Which was, I mean, the, back then we also used to, uh, in the playoffs, your team got smaller for the first round because our playoffs have always started with the NFL playoffs. But back in the day, like the first, I think it was the first round, it might have been the first two rounds, you had a quarterback, one running back, only two receivers, and then a tight end, a kicker, and a defense. So, it you know, putting up 180 points in a playoff game was not easy to do back then. So that's a pretty astounding record. Um Incredible. I mean, like the I, I have 15 entries on that uh, that list, and the lowest is 140, which was around like back in the day. Like you wanted to score around like 120 to 150 uh, for like a respectable week. Over 150 was like very good. So to put up 183 in a playoff game was was very impressive. Uh, in the new era, the uh, most points in a playoff game is held by Dylan, and that's 201.5, and that was set in 2021, so last, not, well, I guess now it's technically two years ago, because it's 2023, but, you know, last, not this past fall, but the last one. Um, this year, Yab Neal did make an appearance on this list. He has now the fourth highest all-time uh, with 195, uh, 195 points, and that was set this year. Uh, he actually is technically tied. So the way I do the records is like whoever said it first is ranked higher. Um, so Doug set that, not set the record, but it has the number two slot, but it's also with 195. So technically Abneil is actually tied for second, but I can't, I rank them by, you know, whoever said it first has the record and then people after, you know, after that in chronological order. So 2019, Doug scored 195 points this year. Abneil tied that with 195 points. Uh, longest winning streak games in a row 
consecutive wins. That's uh, held by me with 21. I, mean, I went 19-0 in 2010, and I won the first two games of uh, spring 2011. So that was 21 games. No one made an appearance on that list this year. The last entry onto it, the most recent entry onto that list was uh, Doug with uh, nine straight games in uh, this past spring of 2022. Um, I don't know. The next records I have really are, are Super Bowls. I like I have a list of every Super Bowl winner and who they beat in what year. You know, for, this is our this one that's about to be played in a few weeks is our 33rd Super Bowl, and that's going to be played between Dylan and John. Uh, I have, like I said, a log of records going back all the way to 2007, who won what Super Bowl and who they defeated. But that would take forever to get through, and I'm already at you know 25 minutes almost here, so uh, I want to kind of wrap this up pretty soon here. So I'll just do uh, Super Bowl appearances. Um, I have this record with 17. A lot of that comes from the first, you know, we, we started going onto the app in 2016. So from 2007 to, you know, spring 2016, uh, that, that was when the league was offline and I was doing all of the work. So my attention to detail was much higher. So, you know, if I know every move that's happening in the NFL, it's going to help me, you know, manage my team. And this is an information that wasn't available to everybody. Just I was the only one doing this much work. So obviously, you know, my records and stuff like that reflected that, uh, it's been more difficult since the app has, you know, come into play because I just am not paying as much attention to it. I always mean to every year. I'm like, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to really stay on top of it this year. And then by mid season, I'm back to just, you know, checking my lineup on like Saturday night. <laughs> but, uh, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. The, uh, the second highest record, because I'm, you know, I, I don't want to just list my own records here. Uh, so the second most appearances in the Super Bowl, and these are ranked by appearances, and then I have them broken down into your records. So like if you have the same amount of appearances as somebody else, uh, it's then sorted within that number at, by your records. So the number two is uh, Doug. He's got five appearances, and he's only been in the league since 2017, so that's pretty impressive. Uh, but he's got five appearances and a three and two record in that. Uh, playoff appearances. Um, this one's kind of skewed because, you know, you can only appear in the playoffs if you've played in the season. So some people, you know, that are like uh, like Katie, uh, she just had her first season. She joined the league this, you know, this 2022 the fall season, and she made the playoffs. So she's got, you know, one playoff appearance, but she's got 100%, you know, playoff percentage of, you know, making it to the playoffs versus seasons played. Uh, so it's kind of skewed, you know, like, uh, so the record technically is me for 31, uh, but I've played 33 seasons, you know, so obviously me, I've played more seasons than anybody. I have the most chances to make the playoffs. Um, so that's, you know, it's tough to keep track and to keep that record alone, but, uh, you know, it is in here, so I, I'm going to read it, but, uh, conference championship appearances. I have that record with 26. I've got a 17 and nine record in them. Uh, the number two, because, you know, like I said, I don't want to just, I'm not, I didn't record this episode just to list off myself. Uh, number two, that record is held by Megan and she's got 12 appearances, uh, but a three and nine record in them. So she's, she's been to the Super Bowl three times, but she's been, you know, one game away, you know, nine other times. Uh, and that's it. That's, uh, those are all the records that I hold or not, not that I hold the records that I keep for our, our league. Um, there's obviously, you know, two more playoff games to be played here 
in the 2022 season. So, you know, what, or I'm sorry, one more playoff game. We're in the Super Bowl. We're on to the Super Bowl. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, another record could be said about that. And uh, next episode, obviously, will probably be after our Super Bowl 33, just before the start of uh, the spring 2023 season. So we'll talk about, um, you know, who won the Super Bowl and how on the next episode. But until next time, this has been Around the League, the fantasy football, the weekly fantasy football podcast. Messed up the, my own name. Um, I've been your commissioner, Jesse. I don't know if anybody's listening to this. This is just basically for fun and to get any information out to the league if people want it. And uh, I'll see you in about 10 days or so. Have a good, uh, good time in the meantime.